Welcome to a Tennis.com podcast direct from the U.S. Open. Sponsored by Prince XO3 Racket Technology and by American Express. American Express presents Next Contenders. Get to know four of today's game changers in tennis and follow their moves during the 2010 U.S. Open. For more, visit nextcontenders.com. Hey guys, welcome to the Tennis.com podcast, day eight here at the U.S. Open. I'm Ed McGrogan here with Pete Bodo and Sarah Unke. Um, we're at the press room right after Maria Sharapova's loss to top seed Carolyn Wozniacki. It was a, it was a straight setter, um, and the number one seed goes through with another. She's won every match in straight sets. She won her first three very easily, and um, this one was you know tougher, but uh, she got through here and makes it to the quarterfinals. Um, Sarah, you were at the match out in Nash? Um, uh, yeah, I was. Yeah, why don't you uh, give us the thoughts on it? Yeah, I mean, you said it was a tougher match, but she still won 6-3, 6-4. Um, yeah, she just, you know, Wozniacki played a really solid match. She, you know, served well, and, and you know, the idea was that she was going to be on defense and Sharpo was going to be on offense, but uh, in a lot of ways, Wozniacki played played a mix of both today, so... She Sarah, did really how did well. Sarah, how did serve? Uh, she didn't serve so so well. Uh, she hit nine double faults uh, through the match, and um, you know she was, you know, like at fifty percent, fifty seven percent on her first serve. So she didn't serve very well. You know, it was always kind of a question when she stepped up to the baseline whether she, you know, whether it was going to work out or not. And she she hit double faults at some pretty crucial points uh, to give games away. So. It you know that was a that was a big big factor and also just uh, you know errors here and there you know Wozniacki is a player that forces you to forces a player like Sharapova to to really you know hit winners and you know sometimes they got a little too too close to the line and went out so yeah but and you said that um, she mixed in though a little more do you think more offense than usual from Wozniacki's side in this match because I think if she you know a lot of people are going to say that she's you know, certainly she is clearly one of the contenders for the title. But I think to get that slam title, she's certainly going to need to show an offensive side to her usual very solid defensive game. And um, what what did you see a little more offense in her? Was it forehands, backhands, or what did what worked? I guess today. Yeah, mostly? you know, I think she was. I think she was definitely using her forehand more and flattening it out a bit more. Oftentimes, you see her just. Uh, you know, hitting with lots of topspin and, and hitting it straight down the middle with topspin. But today she was going a little bit more for the lines. You have to with Sharapova's reach. Uh, and she was flattening, flattening it out a bit. Uh, she only approached the net, I think, one time. Um, and that was on match point. <laughs> yeah, it was real late, yeah. I will say that I will say she's that a strategy that does seem to work that I see her do is the uh, the one-two punch of the moon ball to um, you know easy forehand down the line after because I I have to say the moon ball still can work against uh, some players just you know it just gives you an easy short ball if if it's played right and but she's doing more than that too in this match clearly and um, it's a, it's a good result for her. I mean and she gets um, who does she get in the quarters. It's uh, next up for her, I think, is oh, Samokova. Uh, 
Yep, Sabotka. Who beat Kuznetsova? That's right. Which will be a lot of pressure on Wozniak because it's going to be, you know, up to now, basically early rounds. You know, there was obviously a certain amount of pressure on a top seed in that, but uh, and then there's no pressure when you play against against like Sharapova. But now she knows she can win this thing. You know, I mean, let's face it, Sharapova was probably the odds-on favorite among the pundits, and now that she's beaten her, it's a little like okay. Now all you got to do is beat a couple of stiffs. I mean, you know, I'm using it figuratively, of course, and. Uh, and Sibulkova, I think, could uh, you know could could really test her because she's going to be a little nervous for that. Yeah, it's it's a match not to be overlooked, and you're right because all of the other the bottom half of the women's draw, all the top, all the seeds played to form and are in the final are in the quarters. There, it's um, it's Kleisters and Stozer. Stozer won a, a match where most of you are probably asleep last night, and then. Venus plays Schiavone tomorrow. Um, so the you know the bottom half of the women's draw is all seeds two, three, five, and six. Um, the top half is uh, Wozniacki, Sabolkova, and then the winner of tonight's match between Zvonareva and Petkovic and one other um, one other contestant who um, is eluding me right now. But you're right about that. The uh, the uh, she's expected to win now, and that's you know a totally new totally new type of ball game. So um, we'll see what happens with that. American Express presents Next Contenders, your chance to get up close and personal with four of today's game changers in tennis. John Isner, Sam Query, Melanie Udan, and Caroline Wozniacki. Visit nextcontenders.com to follow the excitement during the 2010 U.S. Open and discover the person behind the player. It's tennis trivia time. Here's a chance to test your tennis knowledge with a tennis.com podcast trivia question. Brought to you by Prince XO3 Racket Technology. Are you ready? The question is, Patrick Rafter, a back-to-back U.S. Open champion in 97 and 98, defeated what two other notable Prince team players on the way to his first title? If you think you know the answer to our trivia question, visit the official Prince Tennis Facebook page at facebook.com slash official.prince.tennis. Once again, that's facebook.com slash official.prince.tennis. Become a fan today and be sure to leave your answer on the Prince wall. Okay, back from the research lab, we discovered it's Kaya Kanepi who beat Wickmeyer today. So, I mean, you can't blame us for forgetting Kaya Kanepi. I mean, you know, people probably don't, they probably think we're knuckleheads, but they don't understand that when you're at a tournament, there are a lot of names flying around, really. And, and you know, there's always a Kaya Kanepi or a Sibulkova or somebody like that who's doing pretty well. And when somebody asks you, who does she have next? You feel like an idiot, but you can't tell them. So there we are. There's our, there's our apology. There, there's a lot of names going on, a lot, a lot of stuff to keep up with. So, um, so that's the women's side. It's the Wozniacki show on top, and the bottom is, you know, every other big name. Um, men's draw today. Marty Fish, um, he went down just as, you know, Isner went down last night and he kind of looked really beaten, you know, four sets against Usney, but he went out sort of meekly in a way and Fish did him one better, went out in straight sets. This, this wasn't close from the beginning. Djokovic really, really had him where he wanted him and, um, you know, took him out. And I think it was about an hour and 40 minutes or so at the most. Um, P, what'd you, um, what'd you glean out of Marty's, you know, exit from this tournament after such a big summer. 
Well, I guess in a big picture, as few as 24 hours ago, you know, American tennis was kind of flying high. People like Sam Querrey himself were talking about three Americans in a round of 16, a potential quarterfinal match between Querrey and his pal Isner. And uh, boy, things can change awfully fast in tennis, as we learned in the in past, past 24 hours. Now we're down with the, to one American left in a tournament, and that's Sam Querrey. But I think uh, I think my theme really today is I want Fat Marty back. You know, um, you know, 30 pounds is a lot to lose. Uh, a lot of people are thinking, you know, they want to be sh- sharp and fit and in shape and doing that but you know i think he's lost a little bit of his uh oomph basically and he's i think he's sort of been lulled in. and he kind of said as much in his press conference he's been lulled into playing you know his temptation is to play defensively because he finally can and you know that's a that's a tough thing because you know you can't play defensively against novak djokovic when we talked to nick Baltieri a little earlier today he kind of had the same Impressions I did basically, although he did point out something I hadn't really thought very much about, was that Marty played from way back in, in the back and against a guy like Djokovic who likes to take the ball early, likes to dictate, isn't afraid to come in, to come in, you know, so he, he'll, he'll crank that big approach shot that either lands for a winner or that he can then knock off with a volley. That, that was a very bad game plan for Marty to pick going in. And, you know, I, I think some of this, though, all kidding aside now, is that, you know, Marty, even if he keeps that 30 pounds off, I think what he needs to develop probably maybe de- need to develop a little more muscle or different kind of muscle and also really develop a, sort of a different game plan than he's had because, you know, you can't go from being a guy who can't play defense because you don't feel like you're in shape enough or quick enough to a guy who suddenly because you are in shape and, and a little quicker – is going to play defense. It's a whole mindset involved. You look at these guys who make a living with defense, like a David Ferrer, and you know you don't get that overnight. So he's going to have to kind of figure out where he is, what he wants, how he wants to play, find his stability. What's a, what's what's the ideal weight for him? His ideal weight may not be what he is now. You know, his idea, he may he may he may really want to put on ten pounds to be at the ideal weight where he's getting the maximum benefit of the added quickness and mobility, without surrendering, you know, power and uh, and and the sort of strategic thinking in terms of wanting to get to that be aggressive knowing you can knock off those 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 firm volleys and hit the big overhead so you know in a way you know it's a, he's a work in progress and it just kind of reveals a little bit how tricky it can be to remake your game the rest of um the rest of the men's stuff today you know the guy who survived Fischer's Djokovic he won in straights and he's a guy who after a really shaky start against Troiki he looked like he was going to be out in the first round here he's really kind of worked his way in this tournament um you know gotten gotten on a little bit of a run here he took out Blake no problem took out Fish no problem and he he's in the quarters he's going to play Monfils who beat Gasquet today um it was a match from what I saw where Gasquet and Monfils just kind of were playing with like a, a court and a half of space, I would call it. Just for a while, it was both of them were about as far behind the blaze line as you can be before hitting the back wall there, just trading shots with each other. And, you know, I think personally that Djokovic is going to keep this up against Monfils. I don't, I think that, I think he's playing with a little more offensive mentality, getting into a groove. Monfils, um, you know, the other side is kind of a player, more of a reactive player. And, going to keep going that way so um, I, I like Djokovic's chances to uh, to move on to the quarters here or to the semis where he'll play you know in most likely Federer but um, you know it could be Sotoing too that's still to be determined but overall I like what Novak Djokovic did today and what he's done throughout the first week or so of the tournament 
Yeah, I think that's, you know, that's that's pretty spot on analysis there, I think. But, uh, you know, uh, Soderling had lost the first set today just about when we were ready to go on the air. And if, you know, he- you know heaven forbid for him, you know, uh, there's an upset there and Soderling goes out, then you almost have, you know, the, the big benefit of that would be you you almost have the guaranteed uh, Nadal-Federer final that everybody, I think, probably would like to see. Um, you can't ever get enough of that matchup. So uh, we'll see what the developments bring for the rest of the day and tomorrow. Okay. Well, we'll check that out tomorrow with uh, day nine here at the Open. And thanks for listening in the Tennis.com podcast. I'm Emma Grogan for Peter Bodo and Sarah Anki. Thanks again. You've been listening to the Tennis.com podcast, sponsored by American Express. American Express presents Next Contenders. Get to know four of today's game changers in tennis and follow their moves during the 2010 U.S. Open. For more, visit nextcontenders.com. And also by Prince XO3 Racket Technology. For more news and information, head over to tennis.com. Thanks for listening.